Welcome to Treasure Valley Podcast, a Lower Gentry Studios production. This week on our podcast, we are sitting down with Wes Schlag, a.k.a. Wes Schlagenhoff, who is a musician, an actor, a writer, a... DJ. 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 And... Teacher. Teacher. Dapper dresser. Father. (laughs) There's a Uh, lot of things that you are. I do some stuff. Thanks for coming on and playing the set for us. Of course. uh, For our Treasure Valley Live series. You have a... You have a unique vibe mm. with your music. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about your lyrics and how you decide to write those? Oh, man. Uh, no. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it, it's kind of a weird thing. I, I don't ever really... I love story songs. I love, like, John Prine and, and Towns Van Sant and so many others, obviously. Um, and I enjoy the idea of putting that into music. I've always been a storyteller or whatever, however you want to call it. And um, uh, I don't really know exactly like how or why. Sometimes it's just like it kind of, it sometimes I feel like I think I know what I'm writing about. And then like three months later, I'm like, nope. I didn't know what I'm writing about. Now I do. You know what I mean? Like okay. sometimes it's almost like this is going to sound so stupid, but it sounds sometimes it's almost like the songs that I write like tell the future of my own life. Oh, so is that, is that clairvoyance? Is yes, the, I think that's so. You're clairvoyant. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm here too, uh, Elliot Norton. I'm I'm here as well. Yeah, well, Elliot's also here. We're yeah. videotaping is on top of this, so I just assume people are going to see you in the corner. Well, unless no, I on decide Spotify, to... they can't see the video though. So. Yeah, you can upload video to Spotify. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do it? I'm going to crap you out. Okay. Sweet. So I, I guess it's <laughs> anyway. good that you introduced yourself so that people don't think that the mic cord that's running into oblivion is for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> can't, makes sense. Can't crop me out. I'm in the dead center. You have four <laughs> hours. <laughs> Um, anyway, just to just to kind of follow up what you just said, I guess I, I kind of understand that because sometimes when you're creating something, you don't have the perspective on it until you like achieve it later, and then sometimes you're actually writing for your future self, not your like current self, because yeah. all acts of artistic expression are kind of like striving, you know? right? Yeah. Well, and people, people generally speaking, me more specifically speaking, uh, are I, I'm just I I sometimes it takes something to completely slap me in the face for me to like wake up a little bit. So sometimes I think I'm writing about something and then like a month will go by and I'm like, Oh, nope, this was, I was writing this about something completely different. So yeah, that's, and that's a lot of the songs that's coming out on this new record are just songs over the last from like, probably from like 2020 until now. Uh, leading up and different relationships and just what was going on, obviously, it goes without saying, um, and being kind of holed up in a house and having, gratefully, a lot of time on my hands to kind of work through some of this stuff. And um, yeah, I'm just excited for everyone to get to hear it. Right on. So these are these are pandemic children. Some of them, mo- I would say most of them right probably. Um, you know. One of them, titled Plagiarizer, that's about me being accused of plagiarism at my job and the how humiliating that was and how uh, just you, you feel like you have a stink on you after that. You know what I mean? That's a wild story. Can you uh, share more uh, about it? Or 
it's hard to share, but uh, yeah, it was a company that I worked for and I was completely out of my element. I was a writer for many years um, working in Los Angeles, um, started in comedy. And uh, then when when all the yucks dried up uh, and <laughs> and Wessie had to get a real job, uh, I started working in like journalism um, for a company and... I was just completely in over my head and I didn't fully understand <laughs> stupidly and embarrassingly enough the the depths of plagiarism and what could be construed as plagiarism even if you truly believe that they were kind of in your own words, you know, if that mm. makes any sense. Um and yeah, that was a very that that song is interesting because it's probably one of my more fun sounding songs. Yeah, but a very very painful song. <laughs> but you know, Wait, how, do you get, how do you get how do you get accused of plagiarism as a journalist? Do you just not cite your source correctly, or do you attribute ideas to yourself that are like paraphrasing ideas from another person? New age and and excuse me before we go any further. I am was am not and was never a journalist ever. Um, I was more of like a news writer. I was like on a desk writing like twelve stories a day. So it was more like oh culminating God. stories from the internet, aggregating things oh, in this new age you world. The, you were part of the problem, of course. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Was it just a lot of clickbait? No. To okay. their to the company's defense, it was a legitimate like tech and business. Did um, you start the um, war in Ukraine? Yeah. Yes. That was your fault. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, to their credit, they, they are a legit company and, um, and a lot of really talented people who, who worked there. And, and I was like this comedy guy. And, 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 it, and I came over in a, uh, because they, they hired me to like make things funny, right? Or like be voicey. But it's like a real news site. So it was like this weird world. And so there were things that I was writing based off of other articles that I was kind of like poking fun at and using certain words that I didn't s cite correctly because in a world like that, I didn't know how, to, you know, how mm. that really worked. And so then when we got like an actual editor and chief come in, he was like, you are a criminal and... You're going to You're jail. Done. <laughs> Do not pass go. Yeah. Do not collect two hundred dollars. Yeah, it was That's, humiliating. Uh, so you were doing, but but it sounds to me you were more in charge of a satirical type of voice. That's what I understood the job to be. Um, but the problem when you try to bring someone on to do the funny, but you also want to exist in the world of like hard news, mm -hmm. doesn't really. That doesn't really fit. Translate. Yeah. Also, why would you want that? Right. It was more like they were trying to be like edgy, like we're voicey, we tell it how it is. And in reality, it was just like, well, I'm just like, the whole nature of the job is me stealing from other people's articles. Mm -hmm. And you know a what twist I mean? on it. Yeah, putting and putting a funny. twist on it. And, and they just did, you missed a quotation mark? Sure. Yeah, I mean, probably. I wonder if, <laughs> I wonder if Weird Al ever gets accused of... <laughs> he does all the time. <laughs> I, yeah. So maybe, maybe me starting this whole songwriting thing was my complete punk rock um, rejection of ever doing anything that wasn't completely my own. I don't mm. know. Because I... Wish I did, but I 
when I play live, like I do no covers. I oh. shouldn't say that. I I've played like three covers, but when you play on the circuits that I play, it's like pretty imperative that you have covers <laughs> because people want to hear the hits. You yeah. know what I mean? They don't want to hear my uh, my story songs. Well, they do though. That's kind of the nice thing about it is going into places and surprising people with kind of what you're doing and seeing and kind of sussing out the people who get it. Mm-hmm. Even if it's for like a very short amount of time, it's cool. Right on. Yeah, for sure. That's a good story. Yeah, oh. it's something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you turned into a song too. Yes, I did. Yeah. I did. So it's totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, and it's my dad's favorite, so that's even better. <laughs> nice. You turned it into something your father could be proud of. Exactly. <laughs> Correct. I think is that's his, what life is, is, is about. It's going to be on the front of the album. <laughs> this is the best work you've done so far. This buddy. is the best album I've ever heard, Dad. <laughs> yeah, Wes's father. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Schlagenhoff. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. So what I want to talk about as well is, is the differentiation in the music that you perform. Mm. Because Milo Bybee is totally different than the tunes that you work on. And I would imagine you have a pretty wide taste in music then totally. and, and art, artistic expression as yeah. well. So how did you get onto the folk type music from the non, more punk rock? Sure, tunes? sure. That's that's always been my kind of jam. I mean, when I was a kid, I was growing up and, and kid, I mean, you know, early teen to late teen phase i mean it was definitely like your punk rock and your your hardcore and you know heavy and loud and fast and 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 love that stuff but you know what also not going to try to <laughs> not going to try to pretend i'm someone i'm not love blink 182 mm-hmm. uh love some 41 love newfound glory you mm-hmm. know what i mean good charlotte one of my first concerts not my first concert but the only, the first concert that i ever crowd surfed at Oh. And don't mean to keep talking about my parents, but my mom was in the audience, so, um, <laughs> and it was definitely humbling to be up in the air, being hoisted up by a bunch of people with pink hair and steel beads around their neck, and seeing my mom in the crowd watching me. Um, anyway, but yeah, I mean, I think um, you know I've always loved that kind of music, but uh, I don't know, just something with acoustic. I mean, we you know as kids we grew up listening to you know more kind of like ACDCs and sticks and all that stuff. But then my dad would bust out people like a John Cougar Mellencamp where mm-hmm. he had his pop phase, but he's really, at the end of the day, he's like a folk artist. Like, especially if you hear some of his stuff now, which is, for better or worse, just like hard folk, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it kind of started there. And then I think, but but really, like, that stuff didn't really hit me until I started listening to, like, Wilco in the, in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff Tweedy is just like... In my opinion, he's probably, I mean, he's our, he's my John Prine, you know what I mean? And Mm. love John Prine. And God, just can't stop talking about my parents. Shout out to Roy, my stepdad. He was a huge John Prine fan as a kid. And that had to have some impact on me. Because, yeah, I mean, John Prine is just, you can't, you can't beat it. Before we started talking on the air, officially, you also mentioned that hauling a bunch of equipment and stuff around is... A pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. That so could this, also be helpful. Is this kind of a nice liberating Probably. type of musical expression to where you can grab your acoustic guitar? Yeah, how heavy is a harmonica? It <laughs> is 
heavier than you think. I thought your neck looked pretty buff. Let me tell you. Yes, those are... That is 100% sterling silver, actually. Um, (laughs) Just so you guys know. And that's not light, so... Um, yeah, no, that could have something to do with it as well. I remember, you know, a lot of it too. I remember sitting in my apartment when I was living in LA and, um, the, the album 22, a million came out by Bon Iver yeah. and, uh, love Bon Iver. Um, but that was like this crazy album and, and I, I had always listened to him, always been in a, been a fan and, and dug the kind of folk indie folk stuff that he was doing. But then when that album came out, I was like, these are just like folk songs, but they're like mixed with like electronic yeah. music. It was just crazy to me. And so that really, I mean, guitar's always been like a big part of my life, but um, it's always been there, you know. Um, but I never really decided to do anything really with music until like 2016 when I heard that album. And I was like, <laughs> which sounds pompous, but. I was like, oh my god, I could, I could like do. I mean, what he was doing, which was like big and and electric and huge, but then like the more I listened to it, I could boil it down to like these small folk songs, and so mm-hmm. I could start to kind of like work through that that way. And then I started to s- listen to him in interviews and talk about how much John Prine was kind of like this big, this influence on him. And I was like, yeah, that I, I just started to immediately kind of like connect the parallels between the two, no matter how different they are, you know? Um, And I think that was a big part of it. Um, And it was just easy to be able to do it and play my guitar by myself. I came came from L.A. working on a lot of productions and things like that, and I got so burnt out on the fact that, like, you couldn't just wake up and do it. There was so much pomp and circumstance and red tape and hoops and waiting and all of these things. And so that that was when it really got heavy was when I was just like, it was literally I was playing guitar and writing songs was like like medicine for me at that point in my life, for sure. I can totally understand that as well. Even yeah. doing doing film stuff that, you know, Elliot and I do film work together and you can't do that you can write the script ellie yeah. can write a script by himself yeah i can write he... the script by myself but then everything else is involves lots of scheduling after right that. yeah right and waiting and yes. scheduling and administration and, and, and even, administration and if you're doing and then trying to talk to the person to remember to go pick up the food at the correct time to bring it back at the <sighs> right time well in a script too i mean like i you know doing that whole thing it was like it's uh it there uh, there's no um, instant gratification with it. You know, you're constantly tinkering and you're constantly working and it takes so long. And, and mm-hmm. I think for me, like starting to write songs and actually like play them back and hear them and feel kind of where I'm going with them. Like the instant gratification for me was just like so important, like off the bat. For yeah. Sure. And then you got to enjoy what you're doing while you're doing it. Totally. You're yeah. just going to get burnt out. Well, and that's why, you know, the thing I would say I excelled the most at when I was living in, in California, in LA, was sketch writing, you know? And, and I think th- there's something to that as well, you know? It's generally a three to six page thing. And, yeah, you and, can bang that out in like an yeah, hour. Yeah. At least to draft it in an exactly. hour. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and that's how I work, like, to a large degree. I mean, I'll. I'll roll the sleeves up after a certain point with even songs and kind of get more uh, specific. But stream of consciousness is like, for me, if I 
can't have that in a creative setting, it kind of like handcuffs me a little bit. How do you feel about the need to be able to present that in front of people too? I feel like to me that's important as far as taking a finished product and kicking it out there, you know, to get feedback. Presenting it, you mean in like... Um, in any form. Like, you know, so for you, you know, being able to sit down, like write... Art to articulate it or... Uh, so for your, your music, being able to sit down, work it out, and then take your guitar and go to an open mic, you know, worst yeah. case scenario, because you can at least do that. Totally. And get in front of people. Totally. And get some Absol- interaction. Absolutely. Whereas I mean, a lot of other endeavors, like you well, said... Yeah, yeah. Film, yeah, with film, you sit on it for years and then you wait for the mm-hmm. opportunity unless you're just kicking it out on youtube which we do a lot of but. Mm-hmm. totally yeah. and and that's a good thing like i, I really like I, yeah i i to answer your question uh, of course i mean i think that's the thing that i love the most about music personally is that you almost actually you can eliminate the need to have to present it to other people because it's for me it's just like it does something to me yeah. for me you know and then but that's the other thing is like I'm constantly having to remind myself that like like these songs that I played today like I've been with these songs for years you know and yeah. I constantly have to remind myself that no one else has really heard them I mean playing around town and and gigging and stuff like that of course but like I think um that always whenever I'm like tired of them that always kind of like re-energizes it knowing like coming here today and being like i get to share these songs with you guys you know like yeah that like lead time leading up to this and making sure i'm as tight as i can be um always like kind of reaffirms that for sure yeah that's a good point you get you get to that that point creatively where you forget you do forget where something is you're so used to it totally and your interest and the amount of effort that you put into it and then that 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 push to perfection if you're living in isolation or just working in isolation right and not getting any outside input you can spend 10 20 30 40 Mm -hmm. more hours on something and only make it a small increment better but the minute somebody else sees it you have a more objective understanding of what it was that you were doing totally Totally. Yeah. And just seeing the way that people react or or kind of feed off of what it is that you're doing. I mean, it's a yeah, it's it's all it kind of all goes into it into one big weird soup or something. Well, <laughs> I think it's really cool that you're doing the solo stuff. That's thanks. That's super, super awesome. What is your plan? You, how can people follow you? I forgot to mention that at the beginning mm. of this thing. That's cool. Yeah, I think I, I think you usually do it in the middle, right? Oh, I guess so. It's perfect. Though. That's perfectly, <laughs> perfectly. People usually scroll to the middle of any podcast, and so. like, well, let me go to the fifty percent mark and find out how I get the information on how to follow. Only Chuck makes perfect mistakes. Yes, <laughs> we're halfway through. It's time. The buzzer, <laughs> the timer's going off in my pocket. Yeah, right. Uh, you have an album coming out. Yes, of all your material. I do. And you're on Instagram and Instagram mainly. That would be the thing. You'll see some. I'll share some stuff to Facebook. I am not. I can. I. I can't say I'm not on Facebook because I do have one, but I stay away from it as much as I possibly can. Um, mostly just because I. I. I was on all your this, parents. Mostly my my parents. Yeah, they won't let me. Um, they'd said it's bad. No. Um, uh, mostly I just like kind of one day I was like, I got to make a choice here. I can't be on four different social media platforms. It just takes up too much time. And good point. Um, and so 
I kind of whittled it down to Instagram, mostly for the music aspect. Okay. And now with like some of the films that I'm doing coming out, which I've been really lucky to be a part of um, coming out, it's just that's the best platform I can find to like kind of like do promotion that doesn't fully make me feel like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, Instagram does is a little bit less horrible yeah. to scroll through. I, I don't know. I think they're both equally horrible. Yeah, I, and I'm sure they are. I really can't really give an understa- like a, uh, an I, articulate answer as I to think, why. I think Instagram, you don't have the, the level of writing involved, which Facebook, you have a big... So there's a lot more opportunities on Facebook to get into arguments with people, right. which I really don't appreciate or like. No, I mm. think you're totally right. There's like, you can just... For me, there's something kind of nice about doing something and then just putting it on Instagram and it kind of goes to the out into the ether. And then if people want to message you about it, they can. Yeah, but that you know? rarely happens. Right, yeah. right. And that's fine. Uh, I, just the fact, uh, right for right now, that that's the thing that kind of like uh, keeps part of it going is just knowing that I'm like putting some of that out to get people interested and to, to hear you know, kind or bad things, but just like mostly just getting people to be in the know of the stuff that I'm doing, you know? So you have four tunes that you played for us. Yeah. And how many tunes are going to be on this album? It's going to be, I'm not positive yet. It's going to be eight or nine. And is it the album? Does that have a lot more instrumentation? Is it acoustic? Uh, It's kind of mixed. There's probably... So two of the songs I played today have a lot more instrumentation. I kind of like repurposed them into more like acoustic sounding songs. Okay. Um, and then the other two that I played, two of the other ones that I played are pretty much hard acoustic. I would say it's like 50-50 actually. Okay. And I kind of wanted it that way. I I love your, like the really, really like raw cuts of like some of bob dylan's like hits you know of okay. him like literally like messing up and be like can we take that again like i love that stuff i i could listen to like an entire album of him messing up because it makes me feel better about myself um <laughs> but um well bob dylan is the dude to follow i <laughs> <laughs> um, feel better about anything yes guitar playing harmonica singing <laughs> yeah but that's other what, than lyric writing but that's what's so lyric. magical about him though man he <laughs> he He's so raw, but then there's some clips, and it's kind of like we can go on, get, go on a tangent here with the Grateful Dead, but I'll get back to that in a second. But like, then there's some audio of Bob Dylan like hitting some of the coolest harmonica like solos I've ever heard, and they're like magical. You're like, how could he have possibly done that and played the guitar? You know, at the yeah. same like, so it's this weird like thing, and for him or for me that keeps me continuing to do music because I'm constantly the person that's like, how do musicians never mess up? Like, how? How are yeah. they so perfect all the time? Yeah. And obviously it's takes and whatever you want to... And then Bob Dylan has that just flipped. Uh, it's just like usually bad. And it's all of a sudden so... It's like, oh, God. Look at him. But, but <laughs> yeah. again, and that's the thing with the Grateful Dead, huge Grateful Dead fan, but if you look up some of their live shows on YouTube yeah. mm-hmm. and listen to them, it's like, where are these guys what's happening right yeah. now like they're so bad again most of them great yeah take it easy everyone mm-hmm. everyone just chill out uh well, and they're one of those rare bands where you can basically find every single thing that they did is on the record yeah because they started 
allowing people to come in and record and it turned into a giant dude and, thing. and and I love that and I think music for me has been that sort of like opening with any kind of art is like not being too precious like mm-hmm. when I st- starting out as a writer and being in the comedy world and all these different areas like everything just had to be so like laser accurate you know and and at first I thought I wanted to aspire to that and then I just realized like either A I'm not that good or B like there's just something so much better to me about like this kind of stream of consciousness thing and capturing it in the moment or not you know yeah that kind of reminds me of a this is kind of a weird metaphor but uh professional basketball because i really follow professional basketball closely sure and any player that plays for the nba you can cut together like a scissor reel of either them being the worst basketball player or the best basketball player ever yeah like name one i can magic johnson i can find 40 plays where he just is a total idiot air balls and air balls throws me behind his back and then just like hits himself in the legs and trips and falls over totally you know and, you, then, the and then you only, can also you can also find like you know hundreds of plays where he just does amazing shit, and then so yeah, that's what I always think about in terms of artistic expression. It's like you're gonna every every new opportunity is a new twenty four seconds to like do something great, yeah, and then strive for it. And then sometimes you fuck up and you know totally while you're trying to do something cool and you bounce the ball between your legs and then you trip and fall into the first stand. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I mean, and that's why I think too. You know, working playing in some bands. I mean, I I, I play bass in Milo Bybee, um, and I mean, that's a great experience. I mean, everyone just kind of like nails their parts as much as they can, and and it's it's pretty loose. I mean, it's not like we're trying to be Chicago over here or anything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just like laser tight in every aspect of passing out sheet music. Yeah, straight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With but, the conductor. Then, but then I'm in another band that is so good and it sounds so stupid to say because we don't have anything to show for it. We haven't played any shows, but we've been playing for a really long time and and these guys are such good musicians. Like there's a, it's like a six piece and so there's some that are like trying to figure things out and then there's some that are just like beyond advanced like for anything that I can even do at, but they're so so picky like everything has to be perfect hmm. and it's like for me it's like I can kind of see both worlds but I definitely prefer like the blemished imperfection version a little more yeah. <laughs> I mean you know that's the music is is a lot more like theater in that sense, mm-hmm. but you can even go more unscripted. Yeah. It's almost like theater with mixed with improv comedy. Totally. Where that, that viability is an well, yeah, option. It's like the spectrum. You can do, you can do yeah. either side. Yeah. And yeah. you know, that could, that on, on hearing you say that, I mean, I getting into and learning kind of the art of improv when I was working as a comedy writer and things like that, um, that could have been kind of the first, foray into it you know Mm -hmm. i remember when i first got into it it was like i remember having an instructor at ucb and he was just like you're like there it got to when you first start out you feel like you're amazing as you go through the program you start to just like not know up from down you know and i remember Mm -hmm. him saying like you're this is good like you're rewiring your brain to like not think so much 
you know what I mean? And just like kind of let it flow through you a little bit and kind of whatever happens ends up happening. Hmm. And the more you do it, the better you get at that kind of controlled chaos, I guess. So you were trained upright citizens brigade theater. Is that? Yeah. Yes. And that's my, yes. And that's, that's probably besides the, what's the new sketch comedy show that's on Netflix, Tim Robinson, but upright citizens brigade from the, late 90s early 2000s is probably the sketch comedy show yeah Yeah. that's probably my favorite sketch comedy Uh, show that has ever existed it's so good and you can't get it anymore no you like you can kind of find some stuff on youtube a little bit Mm -hmm. but like yeah i mean and and by the way like those four main members was it four Mm -hmm. uh i mean matt amy poehler amy poehler yeah uh ian um of course i'm gonna forget his name two of them went and worked on conan o'brien yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I think they were all yeah. all over Conan O'Brien. Ian, I uh, can't remember his name. He was like one of the founders. I mean, he was like the head writer of Key and Peele, which is like oh, okay. also one of the greatest sketch shows oh, of right all on. time. Yeah, like those guys are just so brilliant. Yeah, the, the other ones besides Amy Poehler, it's like I see their face and I understand who Amy they are. Amy Poehler, Matt Besser, Ian, it's going to kill me. He does jazz hands in the movie Bring It On. Or Spirit Fingers. Spirit, Spirit Fingers. Fingers. Oh, it's okay. him. Yeah, yeah. He was in oh, he's too, so right? good. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. He's so good. So funny. Mm. But yeah, I mean. So you were trained in sketch comedy by the Upright Citizens Brigade? Yeah. All those yeah. people, too. They were all in a room with him. They were. And, all of them. Yeah. I know him personally. <laughs> Especially Ian, whose last name escapes us. <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> we're on a first name basis. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, that was, a, that was a fun time. I mean, kind of something, like I said, I think that that probably was an early, early, like, I don't know, laid the early groundwork for kind of the way that I work creatively now, which is very mm-hmm. much stream of consciousness and trying to kind of like sculpt it into something that seems halfway yeah. decent and like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, you have to you do have to work on that though too. It's a different it's a different skill set. Yeah. You know, so if somebody's just learning how to play a guitar or learning how to sing or something along those lines. Yeah, you don't just like, here's a guitar, go ahead, stream of conscience out. You know, totally. Play whatever you want to. It's like, no, nah, you gotta know. You gotta have a you gotta have a baseline. Yeah, exactly. For sure. <laughs> yes. Baseline understanding. <laughs> Take yes. a couple of lessons and then go ahead and stream consciousness. Well and... that's what's always so funny. I, I always hate when people ask me how long I've played the guitar, because like I've been playing the guitar for a really long time and I should be so much like if you break it down from like the standpoint of like practice makes perfect like i should be so much better than i am at the guitar <laughs> i've just been doing a lot of stream of consciousness just a lot of streams <laughs> just slip streams baby don't bother me i'm in it i'm in it well i i mean that i totally understand that actually because within the last year i decided to spend some time on music theory which mm. has been really eye-opening i don't know if you've ever delved or gone into that down that rabbit hole i've delved okay yeah and it's 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 pretty nuts and then you start to see all that technical uh that technical ability and really interesting stuff that that people can come up with when it comes with to chord structures and writing chords around melodies but then that's when you start to also get exposed to elevator music Mm. yeah because it's you can watch some of these people play and they're technically brilliant Mm -hmm. guitarists and they there is no soul yeah, right. no soul behind right. it. It's just quick segue. Uh, his new favorite musician is Kenny G. Okay, so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so hey. Ken, music theory turned me into a Kenny G fan. 
But that is what's crazy about music theory. That was the other, that's the other side of the coin that I found myself relating to it was like, just like music theory, like perfectly explains why people are drawn to the specific way music is played. You know what I mean? From Mm. chord structures or anything, it's like reining that in and it's like your elevator music. It's like, this is just like, all the fat is trimmed, is yep. cut completely out of it, and every note is just something that is stimulating to the person that's in that elevator. Yeah. And that's incredible, too. I mean, <laughs> sheesh. Oh, man. I've never heard such a spirited defense of Muzak. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it's not easy to make, make elevator music. It's true. My, one of my favorite... Um, it's a... Island Sushi on Fairview, actually. This is, we're getting real local. This is a local podcast. Okay. Uh, Island Treasure Sushi. Valley, Treasure Valley podcast. Treasure Valley podcast. Uh, Island Sushi. I love going there at lunch by myself and eating a big bowl of ramen or sushi or whatever. And they always... Someone there is a, an Impractical Jokers fan because it's always on the TV. Impractical Jokers okay. from True TV or whatever that's on. You know? I've never heard that. You guys have to know Impractical I th- Jokers. I think, I think I've seen an episode... It's like silly. It's almost like improv games, but there's like mics, and so they're like talk, they're feeding things for their their the other person to say. It's kind of all. It's like I don't know. It's like it's a candy spin-off camera from kind of stuff. yeah, spin-off from like yeah, candy camera. Ashton yeah. Kutcher used to do that one show. Yeah, yeah one of those types. Uh, they're these like Jersey boys. They're hilarious. I mean, don't get me wrong. They are legitimately funny. But um, uh, I love going there, eating food, and watching that because they're always playing like Muzak on the, in the background. And <laughs> with, with something about it, I'm just like with closed is... captioning. Yeah. <laughs> no, not even captions. That's just the Muzak, best part. And then, yeah. you know, you get to guess what they're saying. Really, and it's just That's like this awesome. is perfect. This is my. This is what I want. What do I want for my birthday? That. That's what I want. <laughs> Music that was written as a score to Impractical <laughs> Jokers. Exactly. Perfect. They did it intentionally. Maybe that. Maybe the person that's the DJ at the restaurant is trying to figure out something. They know exactly was, what they're doing. There's a conspiracy going on with music and <laughs> and uh, that's not sketch comedy. That's not that type of show. Imp- gotcha. gotcha. Gotcha shows. Gotcha shows. It's gotcha a little sketchy. Yeah. It's all the camera show. It's all the above. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. hey. Thanks, Wes, for coming on. Of course. Yeah. Uh, this has been a very good conversation. Yeah, I know. Very I edifying could, conversation. I could keep talking. Yeah. yeah. I love talking to you guys. It's it's fun. Well, we can do it off mic. Yeah, My ears sure. are getting hot. Sure. <laughs> well, and thank you guys, though, for real. Thanks for doing this and having me come on. Yeah. Absolutely. And your Instagram, at? At Wes Schlag. W-E-S-S-C-H-L-A-G. At Wes Schlag. Instagram. And listen to his album and buy it. And buy it and give him money. Do the thing. Give me all the money. It's called These Are the Days and it'll be out soon. <laughs> Throw money in his guitar case. Yes, please. Because you'll be doing that too, hopefully. Yes. Sweet. Awesome. <laughs> right on. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks.